Hello everyone, I am your host, and I will be reading the deluxe version of The City of Ember. It's kind of the same thing, just a bit, probably a bit more descriptive, but if you have the normal version of The City of Ember and you want to listen to this and read along, there's going to be nothing really different. So, chapter one. Okay. When the City of Ember was just built and not yet inhabited, the chief builder and the assistant builder, both of them wary sat down to speak of the future. They must not leave the city for at least two hundred years, said the chief builder. Or perhaps two hundred years, or twenty. Is that long enough? asked the assistant. It should be. We aren't can't know for sure. And when the time comes, said the assistant, how will they know what to do? Well, provided the, them We'll provide them with instructions, of course, the chief builder replied. But who will keep the instructions? Who can trust? Who can we trust to keep this, uh, them safe and secret all the, that time? The mayor of the city will keep the instructions, said the chief builder. We'll put them in a box with the timed lock set to open on, a proper, on the proper date. And will we tell the mayor uh, what's in the box, the assistant asked? No, just that it's information they won't need and must not see in the box opens. Uh, Let me just restart that page. And will we tell the mayor what's in the box, the assistant asked? No, just the information they won't need and... Must not see until the box opens, of course, of its own accord. So the first mayor will pass the box to the next. So the first mayor was the next mayor, and that's one to the next, and so on, so on down through the years, all of them keeping it secret all that time. What else can we do? asked the chief builder. Nothing about this and either this certain there may be no one left in the city by then, or no safe place for them to come back to. So the first mayor of Ember was given the box, told to guard it carefully, and solemnly sworn to secrecy. When the she grew older, and her time as mayor was up. She explained about the box to her successor, who also kept it the secret carefully, and did the next mayor. As did the next mayor, things went as planned for many years. But the seventh mayor of Ember was less honorable than the ones who'd come before him. And more desperate, he was. He was ill. He he was ill. He had the coughing sickness that was common in the city. Then, and he thought the box might hold a secret that would save his life. He took it from its hiding place in the basement of the gathering hall and brought it home with him where he attacked it with a hammer, but his strength was failing. 
by then, all the he man managed to do was dent the lid a little, and before he could return the box to its official hiding place, or tell a six about it, it he died. The box ended up at the back of a closet shoved behind some old bags and bundles there and sat unnoticed year after year until its time arrived and the lock quietly clicked. That was the introduction. Now it's chapter one. In the city of Ember, the sky was always dark. The only light came from the great flood lamps, mountains, all the buildings, and at the tops of poles, in the middle of the larger squares. When the lights were on, they cast a yellowish glow over the streets, people walking by through long shadows that, sh- that shortened and then stretched out again. Then... When the lights were off, as they were between nine and night at nine at night and six in the morning, the city was so dark that people might as well have been wearing blindfolds. Sometimes darkness fell in the middle of the day. The city of Ember was old, and everything in it, including the power lines, was it in need of repairs. So now and then the lights would flicker and go out. These were terrible moments for the people of Ember, as they came to a halt in the middle of the street or stood stock still in their houses, afraid to move in the utter blackness. They were reminded of something they preferred not to think about, how someday the lights of the city might go out and never come back on. But most of the time, life proceeded as they always had. Grown people did their work, and younger people, until they reached the age of 12, went to school. On the last day of their final year, which was called Assignment Day, they were given jobs to do the graduation, the graduating Students uh, occupied room 8 of the Ember School on assignment day of the year 241. 241, this classroom, usually noisy first thing in the morning, was completely silent. All 24 students had... Sorry. Um, all 24 students... Hold on, sorry, my iPad just turned off. Let me just... Oh, where was I? All 24 students sat up right and still at the desks they had grown too big for. They were waiting. The desks were arranged in four rows of six, one behind the other. In the last row sat a slender girl named Lena Mayfleet. She was uh, winding a strand of her, winding a strand of her long, dark hair around her her finger, winding and unwinding it again and again. Sometimes she 
plucked a thread on her ragged cape or bent over to pull on her socks, which were loose and tended to slide and tended to slide down around her ankles. One of her feet tapped the floor softly. In the second row was a boy named Dune Harrow. He sat with his shoulders hunched, his eyes squeezed shut in concentration, and his hands clasped clasped tightly. Together, his hair looked rumpled, as if he hadn't combed it for a while. He had dark, thick eyebrows, which made him look serious at the best of times, and when he was anxious or angry, came together to form a straight line across his forehead. His brown quartery jacket sorry, quartery jacket was so old that its ridges had flattened out. Both the girl and the boy were ma- making urgent wishes. Dune's wish was very sp- specific. He repeated it over and over again, his lips moving slightly, as if he could make it come true by saying it a thousand times. Lena was making her wish in pictures rather than in words. In her mind's eye, she saw herself run, uh, running, uh, running through the streets of city of the city in a, the red jacket. She in a red jacket. She made this picture as bright as re- and real as she could. Lena looked up and gazed around the schoolroom. She said a silent goodbye to everything that had been familiar for so long. Goodbye to the map of the city of Ember and its uh, scared wooden frame and the cabinet whose shelves held the book of numbers, the book of letters, and the book of of the city of Ember. Goodbye to the cabinet drawers labeled drawers labeled new paper and old paper goodbye to the three electric lights in the ceiling that seemed always no matter where you sat were writing were no matter where you sat to cast the shadow of your hand over the page you were writing on and goodbye to their teacher miss thorne who had finished her last day of school speech wishing them good luck in the in the lives they were about to begin now having run out of things to say she was standing at her desk with her frayed shawl clasped around her shoulders and still the mayor the guest of honor had not arrived someone's foot uh, scraped the ba- back of and forth on the floor. Miss Thorne sighed. Then the door rattled open, and the mayor walked in. He looked annoyed, as though they were the ones who were late. Welcome, Mayor Cole, he said, said Miss Thorne. She held out her hand to him. The mayor made his mouth into a smile. Miss Thorne, he said, unfolding her hand. Greetings, another year. The mayor was vast, a vast heavy man, so big in the middle 
his arms looked small and dangling. In one hand, he held the a little cloth bag. He lumbered to the front of the room and faced the students. His gray, drooping face appeared to be made of something stiffer than ordinary skin. It rarely moved except for making the smile that was on it now. Young people of the highest class, the mayor began. He stopped and scanned the room for a several for several moments. His eyes seemed to look out from far back inside his head. He nodded slowly. Assignment day now, isn't it? Yes. First we get our education, then we serve our city. Again, his eyes moved back and forth along the rows of students, and again he nodded, as if someone had confirmed that what he said. He put、uh, the little bag on Miss Thorne's desk and rested his hand on it. What will that service be, eh? Perhaps you're wondering. He did the smile again. And his heavy cheeks folded like drapes. Lena's hands were cold. She wrapped her cape around. Lena's hands were cold. She wrapped her cape around her, and pressed her hands between her knees. Please hurry, Miss the Mister Mayor.、Uh, she said silently. Please just let us choose and get it over with. Dune, in his mind, was saying the same thing. Only he didn't say please. Something to remember, the mayor said, hold holding up one finger. Job, uh, f- one finger. Job you draw today is for three years. Then evaluation. Are you good at your job? Is there a greater need elsewhere? You will be.、Uh, sorry. Um, let me find where I was.、Uh, is there a good job? Fine. You may keep it. Are you unsatisfactory?、Um, is there extreme? Is there extremely important? It it, it is extremely. <laughs> it is extremely important. He said, jabbing his finger at the class for class for all work of Ember to be done, to be properly done. He picked up the bag and pulled open the drawstring. So let us begin. Simple procedure. Pro- pro- come up one at a time. Reach into this bag. Take one slip. Of paper, read it out loud. He smiled and nodded. The flesh under his chin bulged in and out. Who cares to be first? No one moved. Lena, st- Lena stared down at the top of her desk, and there was a long silence. Then Lizzie Bisco, one of Lena's best friends, sprang to her feet. I would like to be first. She said in her breathless, high voice. Good, walk forward. Lizzie went to stand before the mayor, 
because of her orange hair. She looked like a bright spark next to him. Now choose. The mayor held out the bag with one hand and put the other behind his back, as if to show he would not interfere. Lizzie reached into the bag and withered a, a tightly folded square of paper. She unfolded it carefully. Lena couldn't see the look on Lizzie's face, but she could hear the disappointment in her voice as she read it out loud. Supply Depot Clerk. Very good, said the mayor. A vital job. A vital job. Lizzie uh, trudged back to her desk. Lena smiled at her, but Lizzie made a sour face. Supply Depot Clerk wasn't a bad job but it was a dull one. The supply depot clerk sat behind a long counter, took orders from the storekeepers of Ember, and sent the carriers carriers down to bring up what was wanted from the vast network of storage room of s- storerooms beneath Ember Ember Streets. The storeroom, the storerooms held supplies of every kind. Canned food rooms held supplies of every kind. Canned food, clothes, furniture, blankets, light bulbs, medicine, pots, and pans. Reams of paper, soap, more light bulbs, everything the people of Ember could possibly need. The clerks sat at their ledger books all day. Recording the orders that came in and the goods that went out. Lizzie didn't like to sit still. She would have been better suited to something else. Lena thought messenger suited uh, messenger, maybe. The job Lena wanted for herself. Messengers ran through the city all day, going everywhere, seeing everything. Seeing everything. Next, said the mayor. This okay. This time, two people showed up at once. Orly and Gordon. And Chetnome. Or, Orly, Gordon, and Chetnome. Orly quickly sat down again, and Chet approached the mayor. Choose, young man, the mayor said. Uh, Chet chose. He unfolded this his scrap of paper. Electrician's helper. He read, and his wide face broke into a smile. Lena heard someone take a quick breath. She looked over to see Dune pressing a hand against his mouth. You never knew each year exactly which jobs would be offered. Some years there were several good jobs, like greenhouse helper, timekeeper's assistant, timekeeper's assistant, or pipe or or messenger, and no bad jobs at all. Other years, jobs like pipeworks laborer, trash shift, trash shifter, and mold scraper were mixed in, but there would always be at least one or two jobs for electrician's helper. Fixing the electricity was the most important job of in Ember, and more people worked at it than at than 
and it uh, worked at it than at anything else. Orly Gordon was next. To, Orly Gordon was next. <sighs> Sorry, hold on. She got the job of. Orly Gordon was next. She got the job of building a repair assistant, which was a good job for Orly. She may she. <sighs> She was a strong girl and liked hard work. Vindy Chance was uh, was made greenhouse helper. She gave Lena a big grin as she went back to her seat. She'll get to work with Clary Lena. Uh, Clary, Le- Clary, with Clary. Lena thought thought lucky so far. No one had picked a really bad job. Perhaps, job. Perhaps this time there were would be no bad jobs at all. This idea gave her courage. Besides, she had reached the point where the suspense was giving her a stomachache. So, as Vindy sat down, even before the mayor could say next, she stood up, and stepped forward. The, the little bag was made of faded green material, gathered at the top with a black string. Lena hesitated a moment, then put her hand inside and fingered the bits of paper. Feeling as if she were stepping off a high building, she picked one, she unfolded it. The words were written in black ink in small, careful print, printing. Pipeworks laborer, she said. She stared at them. She stared at them. Out loud, please, the mayor said. Pipeworks laborer, Lena said in a choked whisper. Louder, said the mayor. Um, uh, pipeworks laborer, Lena said again, her voice loud and cracked. There was a sigh of sympathy. From the class, keeping her eyes on the floor, Lena went back to her desk and sat down. Pipeworks laborers worked below the storerooms in the deep labyrinth of tunnels that contained uh, contained embers, water, and sewer pipes. They spent their days stopping up leaks and replacing pipe joints. It was wet, cold work. It it could even be dangerous. A swift underground river ran through the pipeworks, and every now and then someone fell into, fell in it and was lost. People, people were lost occasionally in the tunnels, too, if they strayed too far. Next page. Um, okay. Lena stared miserably down at a letter B someone had sketched into her desk top long ago. Almost anything, almost anything would have been better than pipeworks laborer. Greenhouse helper had been her second choice. Had been her second choice. House helper had been the, her second choice. She imagined with longing the warm air and earth and
and earthy smell of the greenhouse where she could have worked with Clary, the greenhouse manager, someone she'd known all her life with she all her life she would have been uh, content content as a doctor's assistant too blunt too blinding up cuts and bones even street sweeper or cart puller would have been better at least than she could have been have strayed above ground with space and people around her she thought going down into the pipeworks must be like being buried alive one by one the other students chose their jobs none of them got such a wretched job as hers finally the last person rose from his chair and walked forward it was dune his dark eyebrows were drawn together in a front of concentration his hands lena saw uh, his hands lena saw were clenched into fists and his sides uh, at his sides dune reached into the bag and took out the last scrap of paper he paused a minute pressing it tightly in his hand go on said the mayor read unfolding the paper dune read messenger he scrolled he scowled crumpled the paper and dashed dashed it into the floor onto to it dashed it to the floor lena gasped the whole class rustled in in surprise why would anyone be angry to get the job of messenger bad behavior cried the mayor his eyes bulged and his face darkened go to your seat immediately Dune kicked the crumpled paper into a corner then he uh, stalked back into his desk uh, and flung himself down the mayor took a short a short breath and blinked furiously disgraceful he said glared at dune a child a childish display of temper students should be glad to work for their city ember will prosper if all city citizens do their best he held up a stern finger as he said this and moved his eyes slowly from one face to the next suddenly dune spoke up but ember is not prospering he cried everything is getting worse and worse silence cried the mayor the blackouts cried dune he jumped from his seat the lights go out all the time now and the store and the shortages there's shortages of everything if no one does anything about it something terrible is going to happen lena listened with a pounding heart what was wrong with dune why did why was he so upset he was talking things too seriously as he always did next page miss thorne strode to dune and put a hand on his shoulder sit down now sit down now she said quietly uh, put uh, but dune remained remained standing 
The mayor glared for a few seconds. The mayor glared for a few seconds, but he said nothing. Then he smiled, showing a neat row of gray teeth. His Thor, Miss Thorn, he said. Who might this young man be? I'm Dune Harrow, said Dune. Uh, I will remember you, said the mayor. He gave Dune a long look, then turned to the class and smiled. He smiled again. Congratulations to all, he said. Welcome to the mayor. Uh, welcome to Ember's workforce, Miss Thorn. Uh, welcome to Ember's uh, workforce, Miss Thorn. Miss Thorn, class. Miss Thorn, class. Thank you. The mayor shook hands with Miss Thorn and uh, departed. The students gathered their coats and caps and filled out of the classroom. Lena walked down the wide hallway with Lizzie, who said, "Poor you. I feel the. Th I, sorry. Poor you." I thought I picked a bad one, but you got the worst. I feel lucky compared to you. Once they were out, okay. Once they were out the door, Lizzie said goodbye and uh, scurried away, as if Lena's bad luck were what were a disease she might she might catch. Lena stood on the steps for a moment and gazed across. Hiking Square, where people walked briskly, bundled up cozily, cozily, and their coats and scarves, or uh, or talking, talked, or, or talked to each one and one another, in the pools of light beneath the great stream, street lamps. A boy in a red messenger's jacket ran towards the gathering hall on Old Hill Street, on Oderall Street. Oderwill Street. A man pulled the cart, filled the sacks of potatoes, and in the buildings all around the square rows of light lighted windows shone bright yellow and deep gold. L Lena sighed. This was where she wanted to be, up the, up here where everything happened, not down underground. Someone tapped her on the shoulder, startled. She turned and saw Dune behind her. His thin face looked pale. Will you trade with me? he asked. Trade? Trade jobs? I don't want to waste my time being a messenger. I want to help save the city, not run around carrying gossip. Lena gaped at him. Lena gaped at him. You'd rather be in the pipeworks? Elect electrician's helper is what I wanted. Is what I wanted, Dune said. But Chet won't trade, of course. Pipeworks is second best. But why? Because the generator is in the pipeworks, said Dune. Lena knew about the generator, of course. In some mysterious way, it turned the running of the river into power for the city. Uh, you could feel its deep rumble when you stood in Plumber's Square. I need to see the generator, Dune said. I have I have ideas about it. He thrust he 
thrust his hands in, on, into his pockets. So, so, he said, will you trade? Yes, cried Lena. Messenger is the job I want. Want most. Um, and not, and not a useless job at all, in her opinion. Uh, people couldn't be expected to trudge halfway across the city every time they wanted to communicate with someone. Messengers connect, connected, uh, connected everyone to everyone else. Uh, any, anyway, whether it was important or not, the job of messenger just happened to be the uh, perfect for Lena. She loved to run. She could run forever, and she loved exploring every nook and cranny of the city, which was the a mess. Which what? Which was what a messenger got to do? All right then," said Dune. He handed her his crumpled piece of paper, uh, which he must have retrieved from the floor. Lena reached into her pocket, pulled out the slip of paper, and handed it to him. Thank you, he said. You're welcome, said Lena. A happiness uh, sprang up in her, and happiness always made her want to run. She took uh, the steps uh, three at a time and sped down Broad Street toward home. That is chapter one for you guys. Um, and... Uh, be here in next episode of chapter two, which is cha- which is chapter two. Um, yeah, be here in chapter two.